Welcome to Foothills Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doug Peak. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit foothills.org. Well, welcome everyone to Foothills Christian Church. This is our brand new series titled Rescued. I want to just say, I hope you're great doing church at home. The mission of our church has always been to make fully devoted followers or disciples of Jesus Christ, Matthew 28, 19. And so we see that happening in three steps. One, first, connecting to Jesus Christ in a personal way. Second, connecting to community and other people in his family. And then finally, connecting to your mission and purpose in life. And that's what Church at Home is all about. It's giving you the opportunity to grab a hold of your faith and really be intentional about growing it. It allows you to first connect to Jesus in a personal way with just you and your family. It allows you to connect to a larger community uh, simply by starting a watch party or just realizing, hey, we're doing church at home with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other families right now. Also, then you can connect to your mission and purpose in life by inviting people to watch with you in a watch party. It helps you make a contribution to growing the kingdom of God. And so we should encourage you, regardless of how you're watching, uh, head on over to YouTube, start an account, and subscribe. As soon as we hit 1,000 subscribers, then we can embed the video right in our website so no one will have to navigate there. That really helps uh, older folks that are not that keen on navigating and searching through YouTube to find us. So that will help immensely if you would do that. Also, download the app. Because today, you're going to be able to take notes and follow along with me. There's blanks. There's all the verses, all the scriptures, all the points. And you'll be able to just follow right along with your family, fill in the blanks, add your own thoughts and your own things. You can email that to yourself or download or however you want to do it. Also, there's extra links in there for extras that you can do. And our website, of course, has things for your family and for your kids. So we're doing everything we can to make your church at home experience great. Now, today is Palm Sunday. That's right, Palm Sunday. This begins the very last week in the life of Jesus. When you read the New Testament, the four biographies on the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all dedicate a big chunk of each of those books to the last seven days in the life of Jesus. And it begins when he enters into Jerusalem. Now, on Palm Sunday, we celebrate two things. Number one, we celebrate that Jesus was recognized as the king of Israel and the king of all kings, and that's what they celebrated. The second thing is we get to discover why the king came to rescue us. So let's begin. Let's go to our first passage of scripture, and it's in John chapter 3, verse 17, and it says this, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Now, if you're taking notes or you're on the phone app, the next thing is that God did not send. I want to show you how to fill in these blanks here. So if we go to the next slide, Jesus came to save the world, not condemn the world. Now, this is a very important point. 
This is very important because the scripture is very specific that the purpose and role of why God sent Jesus was in order that we would be saved through him. So I want you to really emphasize that, underline it, bold it, or whatever. We are saved through him. We're not being condemned, but we are being saved. So now what I want to do is talk about why Jesus was celebrated as a king in order to save the world through him. So let's go back a few chapters further to John chapter 12, and I'll read it for you right here. John chapter 12, and this is what it says. This is all about Palm Sunday, okay? The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. What a powerful scene. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming. Notice the word king. Your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. I really want to ha get you to have this image in your mind of what's going on. People are excited. They're anticipating because they've heard that Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Just recently, he's risen Lazarus from the dead. And so the buzz of all of his miracles and his miraculous teaching are spreading through a crowd. They heard he was coming into Jerusalem. And so the crowd began grabbing palm leaves. They began taking their coats and their robes and blankets and throwing it down on the ground before him. They're screaming and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The apostles who were traveling with him were amazed as they just thought, what in the world is going on? They can't imagine it. And yet the people still shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The walls of Jerusalem rising up with the massive gates, Jesus entering in. The leadership of the Sanhedrin sees what's going on. They're shocked to their core for the people have not been this excited. Excited. Roman rulers were wondering what's happening because the people had not been this stirred. People after people after people shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, our king, our king of Israel. I want you to have this image in your mind because it is so critically important. Jesus is celebrated as the king. He is the king who saves the one who would deliver the one who would deliver them all. Unfortunately, all of these people that were celebrating him on Palm Sunday misunderstood what that meant. They just didn't get it. And we see that as the week progresses. You see, the people thought that the king who's come to save them or rescue them was going to rescue them from poverty, the oppression of the Romans, King Herod, who was corrupt. Out of this massive crowd, you also had disciples, people that were following him, anywhere from 150 to 500 people. And those disciples of Jesus Christ thought he is going to come and restore the covenant so that we will be free people from the Romans again. 
And then out of this group of disciples, you had a bunch of apostles, the 12 apostles. And they were like, he's coming because he's going to take over. He's going to rule and we will be with him. We will be the leaders, one at the right hand and one at the left hand. He's going to, to appoint us. Then there's Peter, one of the 12. And you know what Peter thought? Peter thought, finally, the man who's going to deliver me, I can finally fight, has come. And then on the night that Christ was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, that's why he poured out that, pulled out that sword and he attacked the servant of the high priest. You see, everyone thought that Jesus was the king who would come to rescue them, save them, but they believed it was for what they needed or what they wanted. They did not realize the truth of why Jesus came. Right now, the world is in a desperate need to be saved. COVID-19 has proven to do something that... that something that has never been seen coming from a place that we have never been or visited has been able to do. And that is bring the globe to its knees. All of our progress, all of our success, all of our technology, all of our knowledge, all of our government power was not able to predict the future. And so what COVID-19 has done is it has shown us that ultimately we are not in control, even when we do our best. So can it be true that we need to be rescued? And so that's my next question for you. That is why, why do we need to be rescued? Why do we need to be saved? I think that's a really great question and people respond to it in all sorts of ways. People are wondering what well, will, I guess some people, they respond to it this way. This is something I've heard a lot. And that is over the years as a pastor, and that is rescued, saved. I don't need to be saved. Who do you think you are in telling me I need a savior? I don't need a savior. You know, it kind of reminds me of that old meme, you know, I don't need no stinking salvation. You know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. <laughs> Just in case you wondered where that internet meme came from, Treasure of the Sierra Madres. So you always learn something at church at home. But <laughs> seriously, though, there's a lot of people who felt that way, and COVID 19 has done something that's really put them in a funk. And that is, you know, their head is telling them, I don't need any salvation. I don't need uh, to be rescued. But their heart is telling them something different. I'm not in control. I mean, the world's not in control right now. And so it's like, no matter how smart I think I am, there's all this unpredictability. And so right now there's people that are going through that and their heart is sensitive to something that their head isn't willing to let them believe yet. And that is ultimately we do need to be rescued because ultimately we are not in control. And the one thing we're not in control of is we're not in control of life and death. We're just not. But we know the one who is. And that is our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now there's another group of people 
that uh, are asking the question, why do I need to be saved? And they're not really that interested in maybe turning to Jesus right now. And here's why, because they tried Jesus in the past. They think Jesus is a nice idea, but he really didn't come through for them. I think this group of people are similar to the people that welcomed Jesus in Palm Sunday. And that is, there was a time in their life where they really needed something. And so they turned to Jesus and they said, Jesus, save me from this. And then it just didn't pan out or turn out the way they thought. And so they thought, well, Jesus is a nice idea, but he just doesn't have any practical impact. I'm just gonna have to work out of this on my own. And so people respond to that in all different ways. When you have an expectation of King Jesus coming to save you and your expectation is to save you from a situation or a a bad circumstance or a tragic event and he doesn't come through, those expectations being unmet can create tremendous anger or disappointment in a person's heart. This is what happened to Ted Turner, the guy who started uh, CNN and he's the owner of the Atlanta Braves. Billionaire. I read a biography on his life and in it, he talks candidly. He says, you know the reason why I'm an atheist? I'll tell you why, because uh, my mom was a dedicated Christian and my mom got cancer and I prayed to God that he would heal her cancer and he didn't do it. So ever since then, I said, I'm not gonna believe in him. So here's a man who's lived his whole life mad at God, trying to disprove his existence. Ricky Gervais, the comedian from uh, England, same thing. He he talks about how growing up in a a single parent family with his mom, really hard times, mom talking about, well, God will take care of us. God will bless us. And he says, well, if God loves us and was going to bless us, why are we living in such poor conditions? So he says, I think it's just a fairy tale. So he's never believed. So sometimes people, they, they have expectations of Jesus. And when they're unmet, they become disappointments and we respond in anger. But today, now they're realizing is that, well, maybe I need something more because my own disappointment and frustration isn't helping me right now during this time of need. And that's the question. You see, that's the question is, Jesus Christ came to save us. What did he come to save us from? Is, is Jesus really ineffective? He's a nice idea, but no practical value. What I'd like to challenge you to think about is what if, what if those people and what if you and what if I, we misunderstood what the King of Kings came to do when he came to save us. Maybe he came to save us from something we never really realized. You see, the Bible says very specifically, Jesus didn't come to save us from political oppression, even though That can be the fruit of following him. Jesus did not come to save us from economic hard times, even though following him can solve economic problems and can help sustain you through difficulties. Jesus did not come to save us from loneliness or lack of a partner or falling in love or having a family. Even though following him will make your relationships better, they will make your marriage and family life healthier than you ever imagined. Jesus didn't come to save us from sickness, even though following him can make you healthier physically than you ever imagined. And God is still healing people today. In the end, that's not why he came. So why did Jesus come? Why did the king of kings come? Why did they celebrate him as the king? Why is he considered the one who delivers? And I'll tell you why. What if the reason why he came was to solve the ultimate problem, 
the problem where economic hard times come from, right? The problem from which all political oppression comes from. You see, no matter how hard you try, and that is, uh, you can't create a government utopia because a political system has people in it and people are what? Flawed. So people in power make flawed decisions. They're not perfect. They can't know everything. And so a lot of times they're driven by, you know, self-interest or their own flaws and mistakes. And that creates what? Political oppression. Economics. Uh, sometimes people are driven more by greed than compassion. Sometimes they're driven more by fairness and justice and other things, but we're all flawed. We're imperfect. And so economic difficulties come from that. You know, sometimes we have to realize that uh, sickness in this world is a result of something else that came into the world. The Bible teaches that the reason why we suffer these things is because sin entered the world way back in Adam and Eve's time in the book of Genesis. Why is mother nature trying to kill you? It seems like every other day. I mean, just this past two weeks in Idaho, I'm feeling like, wow, this is almost surreal. We've had not only this pestilence come through and all this people, and in the 25 years I lived in Idaho, this has never happened. We had an earthquake. I mean, why does all this stuff go on? Why are there floods and why are there tornadoes and why are there hurricanes and why are all these, these things that are happening? Well, the Bible teaches that the reason why these things are happening in the world, in mother nature today is because sin entered the world. Are you starting to hear a common theme here? I hope so. You see, the reason why Jesus Christ came was to save us from the power of sin and the death that it causes. In some ways, sin is akin or likened to the coronavirus. We can't see it. We don't know it, but it's always there. It's coming and the impact is going to be huge. The things we struggle with each day, the problems that we have, maybe it doesn't come from the circumstance, but it comes from the fact that there is sin in the world. And my friends, this is what the King of Kings came to rescue us from, the power of sin and death. Listen to what Paul says in the Bible. He's teaching Timothy and he writes Timothy a letter in 1 Timothy. Notice what he says, beginning with verse 14. The grace of our Lord was poured out onto me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a great phrase? Look at that. God's grace is poured out, faith and love, great virtues. Then he goes on to say this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Why did the King of Kings come? It came to save Paul by saying, I am a sinner and I need to be restored. Look at what he says in Romans chapter three. Everyone's in the same boat for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Look at what he goes on to say next. And that is verse uh, eight of chapter five. But you know what God did? Even though we're all sinners, he demonstrates what? His condemnation of us? No, what does it say? He demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still what? Sinners, Christ died for us. My friends, 
the truth is clear. What if Jesus didn't come to save you from what you wanted to be saved from, but he came to save you what you needed to be saved from? What if Jesus didn't come to save the world on the basis of what it wanted, but on the basis of what it needed? Because none of these things can change. None of these things can ever be different until the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wipes away the power of sin and its effect on the world in which we live, in the lives of the people that we love, and then ultimately with our own lives. I'd like to illustrate it for you this way. I've done this probably, you know, a decade ago, but it's such a great illustration. And that is, if your life is a puzzle, uh, and if this puzzle was your life, you know what your life would be right now? It'd be a colonial setting somewhere in New England with snow on the roof and you have little balloons floating to the sky. That's your life right now, okay? But what happens is when we're born, we have all the pieces to our life, right? Uh, to assemble just a really great version of ourselves and who we are and we have dreams and hopes. But as we get older, you know, and we're in probably the third or fourth grade, we realize, boy, I get in trouble when I, I do something, my parents, and so my parents asked me, hey, did you eat those cookies or did you take that thing or did you do that? And we, we realized, you know, maybe fibbing is not such a big deal. And so what happens is when we sin, a piece of who we were meant to be is corrupted and taken away. And then we get to middle school. And when you're in middle school, you know, you're like, I'm really confused. And there's all these hormones and we're changing. And so, you know, you're like, wow, I, you know, maybe I was cruel to somebody or maybe I ditched class one time. And then you get to high school. But because in our high schools, we have really great coaches and we have really great teachers. and We have really great parents, you know, for a lot of people, you know, sometimes it's like, wow, I just want to be able to, to uh, stay out of trouble and do well. And then finally we get to go to college. And we have no parental guidance. And then what happens is then, then we start assembling the pieces to our lives. And, and we realize that there are missing pieces or there are pieces that have been corrupted or pieces that don't fit anymore. And so our lives aren't whole. Our lives aren't complete. They're not abundant and they're not full. And then we live with regret and disappointment. Our relationships are strained because they don't get the, what we were meant to be, or the best of us. They get all the baggage and the missing pieces and the holes that bring darkness to our soul. What does all this mean? Well, that's what Jesus came to save us from, isn't it? Jesus came to fill all the missing pieces of your life. He came to make you whole again. And that's what the King of Kings came to rescue from an incomplete and flawed life. My friends, my challenge for you is to realize this truth and embrace it. The reason Jesus came was to rescue you from sin and death and how it messes up your life, how it makes your life incomplete, how it affects your judgment, how it, it drives you to anger or to do stupid and say stupid things. Only the most powerful force in the universe 
only a king, a perfect king, all-powerful king, creator king, warrior king, has the power to defeat sin and death. Only he could do it. And that's why Palm Sunday is so significant is because everyone who follows Jesus realizes now, because we see the end of the story, that what the people celebrated was true. Jesus Christ is king. Not the king that they wanted, but the king they needed. The king has come to set us free. And no regular person could do this, no matter how much they wanted to. Only the king of kings and the Lord of lords has the power to save us from the influence, the impact, the devastation of sin and death in our lives. Only the one sent by the Lord God himself. That's our King, King Jesus. And when he came to Jerusalem, he came as a king. And today, my friend, this king, the powerful king, is the only king that you need. Celebrate him. I want you to know him, for he has come to rescue you. I can tell you all about it, but nobody does it better than an old preacher by the name of S.M. Lockridge. Let's listen to what he has to say about our king the bible says my king is the king of the jews he's a king of israel he's a king of righteousness he's a king of the ages he's the king of heaven he's a king of glory he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords that's my king i wonder do you know him my king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the lostest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his 
life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. That's my king. Amen. Wow. It can't be said any better than that. That king, our king, my king, your king, came to rescue us. And now you see why only he could do it. My friend, Foothills is here for you, our church. All are welcome. All are invited. Even though I can't shake your hand or give you a hug or slap you on the back, I want you to know that we're doing all we can to reach and to love and care for as many people as we possibly can. And the most loving thing that I could ever offer you, the greatest gift that I could ever give you, is that you would know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because in him is where you will find all that you need during the most difficult times of your life and during the greatest blessed times of your life. Would you today, if you haven't yet, start that journey with him? Our church put together a little booklet. It's called How to Connect to Jesus Christ. You can find the link for it right here on our website. If you're on the phone app at the end of the message notes, you can just click on that and it'll take you right to it. It's free. You can download it. All it is, all it is, is the verses in the Bible that talk about how to connect to Jesus. Would you take that book? Would you start your journey? Would you do it with your family? Would you take the steps? For right now, I want you to have the gift of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a really quick prayer for you. And after that, we have discussion questions for you. And these discussion questions are going to be up on the screen so that you will be able to deepen your conversation. You'll be able to, uh, hopefully they'll be up on the screen. Uh, if we had a technical difficulty, we'll have those up in just a moment. But these discussion questions are there for you to have a little ongoing conversation with your family or with the people that you started a watch party with. These discussion questions are designed to help you keep the conversation rolling, but also be intentional about what God might help you come to understand on a deeper level. So I'm going to just say a quick prayer for you, and then I'm going to turn church at home over to you to have this conversation and then finish with a short prayer and you'll be done for worship today. 
Lord Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. And God, I pray for every single person who wants to begin a journey with you, who wants to give their life to you, God. I pray that they would download that little booklet and they would walk through those steps so that they can know you in a deep and personal way. God, I pray that everybody would have time of conversation right now, that you bless and your presence is in their midst as they seek you. In the name of Christ, I pray, amen. Well, God bless you. This ends our time together. And I'd like you to complete your worship by having dialogue. This week, we have FH Live for Holy Week. And on our website, we have stuff that you can do to celebrate to make this week a week of tremendous spiritual growth and celebration. So let's pray for Easter because it's coming. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Video footage of this sermon and others can be found on foothills.org.